Hello, hello, it's Mike Bowerman. This is the Gaming Dadcast. Welcome, welcome. On this episode, we're going to be highlighting the game soundtrack from Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. We're going to be highlighting the game Alien Isolation. And the topic, ooh boy, politics and games, parentheses. No, there's no stupid pun in the title. So let's get right to it. Alright, so, highlighted game soundtrack. Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Look, I love the movie Scott Pilgrim. I I did not expect the game to be so good. It's a beat-em-up game that features the characters from the manga and film, and it works incredibly well. And if you don't know what a beat-em-up is, a beat-em-up is, uh, think of like a side-scroller. Uh, I mean, think of like uh, the old uh, Ninja Turtles games. Um... Streets of Rage, those those types of things, right? So it's a, it's a old school beat em up, um, and so the game itself is really, really good. Okay, the one thing I really didn't think I'd enjoy as much was the soundtrack. Like, even if the game turned out great, which it did, I thought, well, the soundtrack won't beat the, you know, like it won't be as good as the film, and and I don't think it's as good as the film, but I didn't even think it would be like in the same league. It wouldn't even compete, right? And that was mainly due, so like I didn't expect this to, the soundtrack to be any, not really good, okay? Mainly due to the film soundtrack just being so good. And how could a game soundtrack live up to that? And what makes the soundtrack so great is the heavy focus on drums and not trying to be like the film soundtrack. So it doesn't you can't compare them which is exactly what they needed to do so the first song i want to discuss is another winter it's like either the first or one of the first songs that you hear it's it's the first level uh and you know i love the heavy kick synth used in the song and how consistent it is so like all the sound like okay i'm just gonna say like drum like using drums and sounds and stuff they're not the real instruments but they're uh they're all synth they're like pads so like think of like a drum pad you know it's a drum but it's like digitized okay and i love in another winter again this soundtrack maybe that's why i like it so much is it's so so focused on the drums the rhythm and specifically the drums um and honestly the 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 film soundtrack is too i mean so that's probably another reason why i love that um without the drums providing that constant boom 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 the song loses its drive and pace. The chords played on the keys add a nice layer to this uh, musical cake, if you will. And surprisingly, the lead isn't the most memorable in this song, but rather when it comes, uh, when it becomes bigger and more blended with the rest of the song, it somehow becomes more noticeable. So the lead itself is it's fine, you know, but it's not memorable. It's not like oh my gosh, that lead. But when it blends in with the rest of it and the song the dynamics in the song and everything just sounds and feels bigger that's when it really hits and it's like oh I remember this part and it's just like that you know it's it's hard to describe until you hear it but that everything's very drum rhythm gotta keep it going keep that pace going and I I love it it's great and another one that really focuses on the drums is Shine Bros. And, and the drums are killer here. This song, though, was a bit different from Another Winter in the sense that the drums are driving, sure, 
but they aren't frenetic. They they don't they're not frantic. Okay, they're not like uh, in another winter they feel urgent. I guess is a good word, right? In Shine Bros, it's not. It's still driving, absolutely, but it's not frantic. It's not panicked. And instead, this is like a I don't know a headbanger beat, as I like to call it. Also, different from the previous song, the lead and melody in this one is much more defined. It stands out all by itself. It's it doesn't need other accompaniment to like bring it up and make it bigger and stand out. It is definitely this is definitely more of a lead in this song all right so next song suburban tram this song is here because i don't know it reminds me of the old school beat-em-up games like ninja turtles specifically there's something about suburban tram that when i listen to it i just get brought back to those old ninja turtle games and i I don't know what it is I, i wouldn't say that they sound the same it, there's just a feel to it. It's really interesting. And compared to the other songs, this one feels much more toned down. But, you know, I, I like this because it gives the soundtrack as a whole more variety. And this song almost feels like it gives you a breather. Kind of like if you were to hop on a tram instead of riding a bike or walking, right? Like you're you're riding the tram down. But... The like the previous two songs and even the songs you know coming after that I'm going to discuss after, that's always like paces up. Everything's going. Gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go. And songs like Suburban Tram come along and it's like, you know, there's still energy, but it's a different type of energy. It's a little bit more relaxed. It gives you that breather. Then we've got Rock Club. This song is rad. This may be my favorite in the group, honestly. I love the syncopated snare in this one. Um, it just adds so much style and punctuation to the the lovely lead. And what I mean by syncopated, it's not just a standard. There's like, it adds, uh, like I said, that that punctuation. There's there's an offness to it, but it's still very much in the beat. I also love when everything drops but the bass synth and there's that, I don't know, it's like a woodblock or something. We'll call it a woodblock. It's a great pause in the song that gives some dynamic range to it. And this is like kind of in the middle-ish of the song. Um, But I just love the pause. Adds great dynamics and it's just, again, it adds, it's a breather within the song itself, not just a breather song. But Rock Club, I think, is my favorite of the soundtrack, which is saying something because there's a lot of good ones. Speaking of good ones, we got Bollywood. This song reminds me of the music in The Messenger. And you know what? That's a great thing. I love the uh, wobbly leads in this song. The, the you know, like they hit these notes and they're not just, ooh, single. Like it, they have like a wobbliness to them, like a fluctuation. And they give it's funny because they give a sense of urgency without seeming loud or big, right? Like there's that urgency there. And it gives it a different feel. And you know, what's interesting is the drums aren't as driving in this song, but they're still just as prevalent. The difference is that here it's all about those accents and punctuation by the snare drum. And, you know, again, all of these songs are crazy focused on the drums. And that's again. I've said this before many times. That's probably why I love these songs so much. 
And, you know, I love that the melody sounds like a snake. Uh, I don't know. It sounds like a snake to me. <laughs> just that winding, never-ending, it just keeps on going kind of lead. And I, I don't know. I like that. Speaking of snakes, next song, Twin Dragons. What makes this song great is the static drum beat in the back, almost like galloping horses. Like, think of like, with the usage of the kick snare and the hi-hat opening up every other beat. So think of like, and the melody adds another layer of rhythm on top of that with the constant notes. So again, like not, not just the drums are adding the rhythm now. Now we've got everything, even the, the melody up on top is, is going along with that rhythm and, and creating that very accentuated, distinct, uh, I don't know, like rhythm to it. And, you know, the leads aren't particularly stand out here like some of the other songs, like Another Winter in the soundtrack. But without them, the song sounds empty. Like if you take that out, it's like, yeah, this is okay, but the, I don't know, it feels like there's something missing. Look, this soundtrack, this is a wonderful retro homage soundtrack, and it works so well with this game because the game itself is supposed to be an homage to, you know, the old school beat em up style games. Having watched the movie, uh, it does, you know, that having watched the movie does really help with the enjoyment of the game. And it's still cool that this soundtrack is able to separate itself from the already stellar soundtrack to the film. I think this is because, it's, like I said before, it takes the same theme from the film soundtrack, that heavy focus on the drums and the rhythm, but it changes just about everything else. It does not try to be the film soundtrack. And instead, it almost kind of feels like a good blend between the manga and the film itself. And so it separates itself, it makes itself distinct, and that works in its favor, but it keeps the one thing from the film soundtrack that is like a must and that is the drums and the rhythm. Really good soundtrack. This I had never heard of Anamanaguchi, I think is what they're called, before the soundtrack. Uh, this I equate this soundtrack to them. So great stuff. Great stuff. Highly recommend listening to this one. But that's enough about Scott Pilgrim. Alien Isolation. Let's talk about that. I am a huge horror film fan. Even more so when it's sci-fi horror. I mean, name some big ones. The Thing, Alien, Aliens, which is a little bit more action, but still horror. I mean, look, I even like the Hokier films like Event Horizon. You know, I, I find enjoyment in them. There's something about sci-fi horror that just intrigues me. But there's also something about sci-fi horror that just truly is horrific to me as well. Like, I don't know what it is, but it really gets me. But there are definitely a lot of bad horror films out there. Unfortunately, this is like double true with horror games. There are some booty horror and pseudo horror games out there. But, you know, there are some gems. Dead Space 1 and 2 are great examples. Silent Hill 1 and 2 and 3, I'd say. Great examples. Another one, though? Alien Isolation. I originally passed on this game because... I had been burned by an alien game before. I played, uh, <laughs> dating myself here, I played Alien Resurrection on the PS1, and boy, it was so bad. It was so bad. 
I ended up, uh, so anyway, so, you know, I, I skipped on Alien Isolation originally thinking, you know, I'll get to it eventually. And I ended up playing the Switch version, which actually turned out to be the best version to play in some ways. Um, I had heard things like the game was a walking simulator and boring, uh, when the game originally released. And, you know, unfortunately I listened just because of the previous burn on the game that I had played. And there's so many bad horror games out there. And yes, the game can be described as a walking sim kind of, but what makes this game unforgettable and a highlight is the sound design and the dedication to the aesthetic and feel to the source material or from the source material. So without spoiling anything, Alien Isolation is, as far as I know, canon to the Alien series, and it takes place between Alien and Aliens. You play as Ellen Ripley's, or Sigourney Weaver's character, daughter in search of her mom. You get a lead on your mom's whereabouts, go and check it out, and guess what? You deal with the same garbage your mom dealt with. What becomes immediately apparent is that the creators are all about the setup and dragging things out a bit. And when it comes to horror, that's a good thing. So, the game first begins very much like Alien, the first film. There is so much freaking tension at the start. I just kept waiting for that alien to come out. I I love this because it's fear of the unseen. Like that's most of the movie Alien, like until the very end, you really don't see much of the alien. You see glimpses and shots and it's horrifying. As soon as you show the monster in a horror movie, it kind of loses something. You know that that tension disappears. So the mixture of ambient sounds from the ship and the things off in the distance, the claustrophobic feeling of walking around the passageways and climbing through vents, the darkened corridors and rooms, everything tells you do not go forward. And it's crazy. Like I remember just playing it and I would play with headphones and I highly recommend playing the game with headphones, whatever platform you play on. Um, And... I'd be sitting there and especially like playing on my switch in handheld mode where like it felt much more personal. Like you hear like scuttling, you hear things off in the distance and you hear like you, as you're seeing all this stuff happening, you're like, I don't want to move forward. I do. I really want to play this game. <laughs> it is, it is horrifying. It's a scary game because of that tension very much like the first movie. But then, after a certain point, the game starts to blend a little bit more of aliens into the mix with some more action. Now, I use the word action because it technically is it, but it's not action. Okay, like this is not like, shoot him up, oh, you know, take him out with a machine gun. No. It still keeps that alien tension somehow. It just starts to incorporate the action elements from aliens. So, part of the reason that the tension stays high is because the alien is freaking nuts, man. You cannot defeat it. You can simply chase it away temporarily. So, like, you can have, I don't know, a flamethrower. And you'll be hearing stuff. And then all of a sudden, it pops out of a vent. And, like, everything triggers. The music changes. And it's, like, frantic. And you're like, 
goal. There it is. And you shoot it with the flamethrower and this thing is still coming at you. And you're just like, well, I'm in it now. I'm just going to keep trying to shoot. And then finally, eventually it's like, I've had enough of this. And it just runs away for a minute, sometimes for 30 seconds, sometimes for a couple minutes. Sometimes it disappears from, from the area and goes somewhere else. It's, it's crazy. The thing, the thing is freaking crazy, man. And that's what you'd want from this kind of game, right? Now, supposedly the AI catches on to your playstyle and begins to adapt. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if that's true or not. I think that was like one of the selling points when it was originally released. And look, I can believe this because it constantly caught me off guard throughout the entire game. It's not perfect, sure, but man, it's really good. Like, I I remember very specifically, I was playing once, like in one specific way, like, oh, if I do this and do this, then I'll be okay. And I would do those things. And then after a while, that stopped working. Like, I couldn't do that. And it just kept doing that and doing that and doing that. And the alien becomes more and more aggressive, causing more face-to-face interactions. And those face-to-face interactions mixed, like, seeing this giant, scary thing just sometimes, it's it's never really, like, running-running. It's like walk-running. It's like the stuff of nightmares. But then, like, that, and then, like, the music kicking into the sounds and just, ugh, it's, it's, it is terrifying. And as you probably already have guessed, and and what I said earlier, the sound design in this game is nothing short of phenomenal, and it truly enhances the game itself. So not only like so many sounds and noises, and again that aesthetic to the source material from Alien and Aliens, it just it fits. Like they could have just made this another movie. And it would have been, no one would have batted an eye. Yeah, that's another alien movie. But it's there's something different about it because you're interacting. You're the person having to explore this ship with this terrifying thing chasing you down, right? And the sound plays a huge part. So like the aforementioned, like when uh, the thing jumps out and like sees you. Like there's differences like when you're hiding, it doesn't know you're there, but it's around you there's different like you can hear it and then when it spots you it's like yeah i gotta get because that sound the sound design so crazy and then on top of that the creaks and metallic groans of the ship all throughout are freaking spooky uh hearing clanging in the distance or something that could be running around and through vents just waiting for you like you know it's there but you can't see it it is it is a one-two punch between the aesthetic and how closely it, it this this game feels like a love letter to the 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 movies. Like it's crazy how good they did that. And then the sound design is just flat out just phenomenal. It's phenomenal and it makes this game. Alien Isolation is fantastic. Period. It's stressful in all the right ways, pays loving homage to the films it draws from yet it remains entirely its own thing. The story held my attention throughout, but the star of the show is easily the alien. Easily. That thing is devastating and scary, and that's exactly what you need in a game like this. So yeah, it is kind of a walking sim. Like, you don't really... Like, there is some action, um, and there are some puzzles, 
but this is like basically survive this thing. That's what this game is. Survive this thing. However, you, and you do not. This is a survival horror game. So walking sim. Sure. Maybe. But one of the scariest freaking walking sims I've ever played. Really good game. Highly recommend it. And look it up. The Switch version. I don't know if they've since patched anything on the other versions. But originally came out on the PS4 and the Xbox One. And they cleaned some things up on the Switch version somehow. So great stuff. Highly recommend it. A great scary game. All right. Serious time here. Topic for today. Politics and games. No, there's no stupid pun in the title. So what's that saying? Um, never discuss religion and politics at the table. Something like that. Well, yeah, sure. It can get dicey. And yeah, it's typically tough subject matter, but I'm a firm believer that if it's done in the right way, it can open up conversation and give people new perspectives. Same thing with discussing, discussing these things. You know, you don't want just an echo chamber, but at the same time, you don't want people who are not willing to listen. It's like, well, that's my way or the highway and I stand opposed to you, right? That's, that's kind of tough. So I think that if done the right way, it can open up good conversation and give people new perspective on both sides. Whether they change their mind or not, that's something else, but it gives perspective. The problem is that, well, okay, what is the right way? Games are seen as entertainment, okay? At, you can have these story-driven behemoths and crazy graphics and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, games are entertainment and you know what I agree but that doesn't mean serious topics can't be covered in them either this is kind of like the uh, shut up and dribble argument if if you've ever heard of that that happened regarding basketball players getting political or focusing on social issues and then people were basically saying shut up and dribble and I think there was one specific I don't know newscaster of some sort um, this is a while back and, you know, they basically just said, shut up and dribble, basically play basketball. Don't, we don't want to hear about your other stuff. And there are many who hold that games should keep politics, religion, and other serious things like that away. Is that the right attitude? Is that the wrong attitude? Should we, should we keep them out? Should we include them? I think it's important to keep in mind that not every attempt at incorporating political issues into games will be done well, okay? Just like with anything. Same thing with films and books and all sorts of other stuff, other mediums. We just need to get it in our mind, look, not everyone's going to be done well, period. Just like even the real, you know, the, the non-political ones, not every film, not every book, not every show, not every game is going to be done well with what the whatever they're presenting as far as entertainment goes there are games that are just they're just not good some games will force political and religious topics into the games in unnatural ways and it's just not good it's just not good even if you agree with them even if you think it's important to talk about that stuff it's not done right. It feels forced. It feels 
wrong. It's not, it's unnatural. Yet, still other games are simply using these topics to just push an agenda rather than open a discussion. So, sometimes they're pushed in, you know, they're forced in because, well, we got to do this because we'll get to, you know, we'll reach a certain crowd, right? Sometimes they're thrown in because I have something to say and I'm going to say it through this game, whoever the director is or the writer, the creator, whatever, or the groups of people like this is this is what we believe and we're going to push this agenda in this game. So it's important, again, you know, these are I I would consider these unnatural ways to do this, right? These are incorrect, like you don't want to just start yelling at somebody about these political issues or just pushing it in their face, that's a quick way for them to just shut off and be like, well, I'm done and leave. Like, that's a real quick way. I don't know about you, but when somebody starts just coming to me and pushing their agenda or stating their mind and that's just the way the way it is, it turns, it's just, I my eyes glaze over. And I used to be that way. I 100% used to be that way. And there's still some times where I do it where I'm not realizing what I'm doing. I don't mean it, but I mean, there it is. So we have to keep in mind that not every game is going to do this well. Okay. So we can't just look at all games and go, oh, well, they didn't do it right. So politics and religion shouldn't be in games. Okay. There's going to be good and there's going to be bad. I also think that the powers that be should include political topics into age ratings, like specifically, like I think they do like the, what is it? The ESRP or whatever the, the, the people that rate games. Okay. Uh, I believe they do take that into consideration, but I don't know if they specifically, like if you look at the rating and you see on the back, Oh, it's rated M for mature because of, um, drug and alcohol usage, uh, language, you know, like that kind of stuff, right? I think that this should be included there. Not, that's not a bad thing. I think that's just a way, like for instance, this helps parents to be more vigilant, uh, or guardians to be more vigilant, right? And even the buyer, like the buyer looks at that. So they know I'm getting into this game and this is one of the things and why the ratings this way. Okay. Now, obviously, the parents or guardians still need to be, you know, the parent or guardian and be vigilant and look at this stuff, but these help to at least keep things transparent, okay? So for those people that don't care about games, those people that aren't techies, those those parents, those guardians, this is a way for them to look quickly look and see, oh, okay, it's rated T because, oh, they've got, you know, political uh, issues, religious issues, things like that. And you don't have to be crazy specific, just specific enough to know this is why it, this is part of what went into that rating. Now, maybe it's there. Maybe I just haven't seen it. I don't ever remember seeing that on the back there. They seem, it seems very, uh, much more broad than that or focused on other things. Um, so again, I think that this is helpful for the people buying the games whether it's parent or guardian or the, the the player themselves. I also think it's important to understand everyone goes into a debate or discussion with a bias. Each person has their own perspective on life and their own worldviews. Opinions bleed into art. And guess what? That's fine. 
What's important is to recognize them, make our own judgments, and be open for discussion. Or, if you're not open for discussion, to just be like, well, I'm just going to walk away from this and not discuss. I'm not going to bring it up again. If you have a problem with it, then bring it up and and state those, those problems. Don't be antagonistic. Don't be a jerk. But again, you know, it's just recognizing these things because I feel like whenever politics become a thing in games nowadays, both sides, this isn't just, you know, like I, if you haven't already guessed, I think politics and religious topics and stuff in games, totally fine. Totally fine with that. If done well, the ones that are booty are still booty. Okay. They're just, they didn't, they didn't do it well. But both sides, pro and and against, I feel like you hear that and it's like everybody just knee-jerk, knee-jerk reacts to it some in some capacity as opposed to, oh, okay, well, maybe it does. I wonder why. What's, the, what's being covered here? Go through it. Oh, well, don't really care for that or don't really agree. And then, you know, maybe you're up open up for, you can see the other side, to at least just a perspective, even if you don't change your mind, which is also fine, whatever. You are you. <laughs> I, I'm not making decisions for you. Nobody else is making decisions for you. You make decisions for yourself. So if it bothers you, then that's fine too. But to just say like, well, I don't think that they should be in games at all just because my personal preference is I don't want them in there. Okay. It's... I guess it kind of goes back to things like the difficulty in games. Like, look, if you have a problem with the difficulty in a game, then just move along. Play a different game. Don't play that game. That's totally an option. So on the flip side of all this, not every game needs political or religious discussions. I am, like I said before, I am all for having good political or religious topics in games, but you know, not every game needs them. Expecting every game to be some political and moral compass of some sort is just not good. Like games can be games. They can also be social commentaries. They can also be political statements. None of these cancel the others out. It's not an all or nothing thing. And Something else that does kind of get on my nerves is when there's just an influx of political and religious things in games. And it's like, look, you're doing this because you're riding a wave or because, you know, it's just like, well, everybody's got to do it now. Everybody's they're selling and we got to do this. We got to make our statements. No, you don't. If it's natural, if you create, if it fits the game itself, I mean, I'm not going to go play a Mario game and expect social and political commentary. I'm not. Not even in a Zelda game. But you know what? I play games like The Last of Us. And when it's, when you know, mor- uh, moral issues and social issues and things like that, not as much political, um, you know, come up, it, okay, it makes sense. I get it. It makes sense. And I don't think that game developers need to, like, have an aversion to this either. Like, oh, gosh, if we bring up politics, it's not going to sell. It's all because of that knee-jerk reaction stuff that I talked about earlier. Now, I know I'm speaking in general general terms here. Not everybody's like that. I'm just giving my perspective on this and what it seems like. And it seems like it happens a lot on social media stuff, too. And 
that's one of the another big reason why I've just been like off like I check Twitter just a little bit every week, you know, every day. Not much at all. I check Instagram, I check these things, and I just kind of move on. And I'm curating my lists a lot more too. And it's like I'm not trying to avoid that, but also I don't want the barrage. I don't think we just need to just be engulfed in all this stuff when it comes to gaming, right? And honestly, there's much more important things in the world to be focusing on in that regard. So, yeah. Anyway, I brought this topic up despite thinking, like, great, this is going to be a controversial topic. Um, because having kids requires me to be even more vigilant on content. It's crazy because it's like I fully plan on, you know, having very frank discussions and and we actually already kind kind of done that like with our kids not not our youngest really but our oldest you know we've had some discussions about racism and things that happened in the past i think that's important for now and for just knowing so that you know we're raising our kids in a way that you know don't look at who cares about skin color who cares about you know ethnicity and all this stuff uh, people are people they have different cultures and guess what cultures are cool they may not be your preference obviously maybe you don't do those things and that's fine but they're cool it's, it's so cool i'll just step back and look at humanity and be like wow this is kind of cool what all these people all the cool things these people do even if they're not for me you know i'm not part of that culture that's fine but you know we've we've had to have a couple discussions with them and i just think like you know, it's tough because on one hand, I don't want games informing my kids. Kind of like I don't want, like, <laughs> you know, when the day comes to have the talk with my sons, I, I don't really want the school to do that. Like, I, I want to do that. And then the school can continue on with it. But, like, breaking the ice, I want that to be me. But I got to feel it out. I got to wait. I got to watch my kids. I got to understand. But that's the key thing there is watching, understanding, keeping an eye on this stuff and getting ahead of these things, right? And so just this topic, it it kind of just really weighed on me a little bit cuz I thought like, man, what a, what about like what if one of my kids just suddenly played a game and like there was some crazy I don't know, polit- like something a social issue that's in the real world that's in it. And I'm like, well, wait, that's not really happening, is it? And I'd be like, well, yeah, that is. And let's talk about that, right? So, I don't know. I think there is a way to incorporate serious topics into games. And I think they can be very beneficial for discussion purposes. You know, um, a good example of this kind of, well, you know, kind of the same, but not really. But, you know, like when uh, both of our boys uh, were learning to speak you know, really learning to speak, um, and, and get up with that and read, we incorporated things like games. So like we'd play a game with them where they had to read and we'd either read to them or to have them try reading. So it's kind of like that kind of thing, right? Like it was beneficial. It's a game still, but it was beneficial. Like we utilized it for a beneficial purpose. And I think that serious topics and games can spark that discussion. Like, Hey dad, I, I played this game and they were talking about, I don't know, racism in it. And like these bad th- people are doing really bad things to these other people. Like what's up with that? 
and then be like, well, okay, well, let's have that talk, right? It's on me as the parent to have the serious talk. But those games can, I don't even know how to describe it. They they can assist in certain ways. They can be beneficial. But... You know, they, they can be beneficial. I also don't think that they, they're the end-all, be-all. And aren't, the, you know, serious topics, political, religious, aren't needed in every game. Like I said before, we live in a world of grays. Rarely ever is something so clear-cut. However, regarding my kids, they don't need to be exposed to everything. They can learn more about life and the world we live in as they grow up when they're more prepared to handle it, when they're emotionally, mentally prepared for that. And so again, I you know, I think not every game needs it. Not every game's gonna do it well. They can be beneficial. I think age ratings need to be specific on saying like, oh, political issues or political statements or social, you know, social statements, things like that, right? So I think they can be a good thing, but I also don't think they need to be in every game as well. So yeah. There you go. Controversial topic time there, right? What do you think? Do you do you agree with me? Do you disagree with me? Are you somewhere in between? What do you think about politics and games, uh, political issues, social issues, the statements, things like that? What do you think about those? Whether you're a parent and you're looking at it from, from that vantage point, maybe just an older sibling, maybe a younger sibling, maybe just for yourself. What do you think about it? I would love to hear about this. Um, I, this discussion is always, um, I'm always interested in it, but I always get exhausted from it because again, that knee jerk reaction stuff. And I always just nope out of everything. I'm just like, nope, don't want to discuss this. Nope, nope. So anyway, you can hit me up on Twitter at Bowertendo. You can check out uh, my Instagram at Bowertendo. You can email me what you think. Uh, bowertendo at gmail.com or you know what you should do you should hop into my streams so once the season ends so just a just a heads up only a couple more episodes and then I'm gonna be ending this season one I'm gonna take a little break I'm gonna be working on uh season two and and making some changes and trying to adapt things and all that stuff uh, but I will be taking a time off of not recording weekly um, and when I do that, I'm probably going to be streaming a lot more often. So you should probably go check out Twitch and check me out at Bauer Tendo. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm streaming Fridays, Saturdays. I might add a third day there, but come, come yell at me. Come, come chat with me. Come discuss things with me. Come have fun with me there. So I appreciate you guys as always hanging out all the way to the end here, going through my plugs, actually listening to what I have to say and, and, you know, if you, those of you discussing who have found my Discord, um, that are in my Discord, uh, I appreciate you. You are the best. I, you know, I, I love doing this, and it's amazing that anybody, just one person, listens to this podcast in a week, um, let alone multiple. So I appreciate you guys, and you know what? Until next time, bye!